everybody, this is Charlie from Anthrax, and you are listening to Today's Food Doggle. This is Mark Metcalf, and you are listening to Today's Food Doggle with Bailey on Domain Cleveland Radio. You are listening to Today's Food Doggle with Bailey on Domain Cleveland Radio. Yes, Kato Kalen listens to this all the time. to a story crew stadium. Slipknot. Disturbed. Pantera. The original Misfits. Evanescent. Slim Biscuit. Judas Priest. Stain. Breaking Benjamin. A day to remember. Falling in reverse. Sleep Token. Rise Again. 311. Seether. Mud Van. Many more. May 16th through the 19th. Columbus, Ohio. Tickets on sale now at SonicTempleFestival.com. What's going on, everybody? It's Bill Bailey with today's Boondoggle. And real quick housekeeping note, if you're watching us on YouTube or BitChute or Rumble or Odyssey, please hit that follow and subscribe button. And if you're listening to us on uh, Spotify or Apple, Google, uh, whatever podcast platform you uh, utilize, uh, please hit that follow and subscribe button so we can continue to bring you conversations like the one I'm about to bring you right now. Uh, I'm catching up with a, a, a new friend of mine, a, a shipmate, a uh, guy I had the pleasure of meeting at uh, Sonic Temple this past year in, in uh, Columbus, Ohio, um, my buddy, Bobby Jimmy. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. I can't complain. How you feeling? Good, good. Very yeah, good. like I said, I mean, the weather's crap. There's overcast, you know, it's all wet, and it wasn't even like snow, you know? It was just like yeah. wet. And, and uh, I'd, I'd rather have like snow, you know, than just well, like wet and <laughs> gloomy stuff, you know. At least I can watch my dog play and have fun or whatever, you know. But I'm not all right. <laughs> what it is, man. But right. uh, usually when I have uh, people on for the first time, um, I like to get a little bit of a background. So, do you remember originally what you wanted to be when you grew up? You know what? I'll be honest. I had no clue. I used to just say what I thought people wanted to hear. I know one time I told somebody I wanted to be a stockbroker. And and I hate math. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, so, but uh, music has always been in me. So I had a feeling that, you know, some I, I had a feeling that music was going to play a big part of what I became. I just didn't know exactly what. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about that. Like, when were you, uh, you know, what were some of your early influences to, to music as a kid? And, uh, oh. like, when did you kind of realize that you would start playing? Huh. Okay. So, my father was a drummer. Okay. Uh, father's side of the family, heavy, heavy on the music side. You know, I got cousin. Played the tamarine. She beat the hell out of it. Uh, I got, I got uh, uh, I called Moochie. She played the piano. She was like a, a pillar to the family. You know, she was heavy on the music. She, she encouraged us to sing and use whatever gifts we had. You know, my grandmother was a singer. Uh, like I said, my father played the drums. He sang as well. Auntie sang, sang in groups in church and in clubs and everything. So. I was around the music, and I think when I when I got in middle school, I finally went to a school with a marching band, and this one I was like, I want to play the drums. So about right. when I was about 12, 12, nice. 13, yeah. Nice, nice. And then uh, so you went ahead and uh, you got involved in, in marching band and stuff, and then uh, – did you start meeting uh, some like-minded individuals and fellow musicians and then start kind of forming your own stuff on the side or did that just come later? 
Um, it no, nah, that happened like uh, you know, in the South, man. When you play drums, you always end up at the church. When you grow up at the church, you always end up trying to play something. Especially as a, as a boy, it's like all the boys want to play the drums. Especially in Memphis, you know, it's something the drums around here. But um, yeah, I did meet a lot of people that wanted to do music. You know, rap. You know how it is, rap and stuff. But uh, I think once I got to about high school, that's when I started. You know, meeting people that wanted to take it serious and you know form groups and stuff like that so nice and then uh you know one of the things that uh you know when we were talking we realized we had in common is that uh you uh are navy veteran so yeah. when, when did uh were were you already kind of like playing in groups or or when did the when did the navy call you when did you get that calling uh that was like senior year, man. <laughs> senior year of high school. I've I've always had an admiration, you know, for the military because on Saturdays when I was growing up, we had this this drill team situation, and um, we had this drill team situation. I'm sorry, <laughs> keep getting mixed. <missing. laughs> we had this drill team situation, and. We go to the church, and it was this guy that was in the Marine Corps. His name was Percy Hughes, and he used to drill us. Like he used to kind of be in our face and teach us, you know, the movements and teach us formation and stuff like that. And he implemented like the Bible with a lot of our lessons. You know, he taught us how to march and stuff like that. And I was so I was kind of interested in, you know, because I I thought it was cool. He would play tapes of like cadence. Like Marine singing cadence, like while they ran and stuff like that. And I thought that was so cool. So this this sparked my interest. But high school is when I, uh, my senior year, that's when I kind of took interest in it because I ain't, I knew I wasn't gonna go to college because I ain't want to waste nobody money because I was gonna party. That's how I was gonna do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So get paid to party, you know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. So then you decided to. Uh, you know, join the Navy. Uh, where'd you end up going to boot camp at? Great mistakes. Now, Great Lakes, yeah. Illinois. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. See, what, what, what year was that, though, for you? Me? Oh, yeah. man, I'm, I'm much older than you. I was back in uh, 92. So, so was it around the time where they were sending you to, they were sending you to the location based on your rate? Um, based on your job? Because, you know, they had I, different boot camps. Yeah, I was kind of non-rate, you know, so I was just kind of like mixed in the in, in the with 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 uh I think I, the I was, Yeah, yeah, I was m mixed with the Bosa mates. And then uh I was I was one of the guys that that got the special extra training too, you know. They got yeah. an hour earlier and stuff to go be part of that, you know. Yeah. If you remember that for the, the either the either the fat bodies or the troublemakers, you know, they'd send uh -oh. us extra PT and stuff, you know. Mm. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, but I did I did Great Lakes, and I was like part of this apprenticeship program when I was in. So then after I had my graduation, I think I, uh, I don't think I came home right after because then I I went to like a rating school, and it was like mm. for this apprenticeship program at the time. And it was either you're going to be like uh, airman apprentice or seaman apprentice or fire fighter, okay. you know, and stuff. And and then I I was I was originally going to be a bosun mate, and I talked to somebody and got wind. They're like, dude, you, you know, you're you're not going to like it, you know. So you, you're, <laughs> your attitude and everything, you're gonna you're you're more for the air side, you know, oh, yeah. and stuff. So then I, I crossed over and did the the air air thing, but. Uh, you know what was uh did you already have a rate? I hate I I I get angry every time I tell this story. <laughs> so so uh when I was signing up, I had three choices, I think. I could have been a a, a SH, a dental tech, nice or bosomate, right? Oh boy. <laughs> so 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 the dental tech I, my grandmother you know was a dental hygienist for like 30 years yeah 
And so I was like, huh, I should I should carry the torch. I should take the torch and, you know, go to the next level with it, you know. So yeah. I'm pretty interested in that. So I, I go to the recruiting office, and so one of the recruiters happened to be a boss mate, right? <laughs> so you, you would think he would want to talk me into, you know, doing what's right for me. And he may he may be in a boss mate sound so cool, I think he played a joke on me. Oh man, yeah. Because he was like, he was like, man, you get to drive the ship and you get to ride the, the uh, you know, the ribs and stuff like that. He explained what the rib was, and I was <laughs> yeah. like, man, that's not cool as hell. You know, I'm <laughs> out. I don't, don't want to be no dinner to And man, I still want to be booed up to this day, bro. <laughs> yeah. I still, I still want to fight this man. Like I want to kick his ass. If it, um, excuse my language, but I really want to kick his ass. Because <laughs> I, adult show. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm glad I, I'm, I'm glad I did it. But I hate the way he persuaded me to do it. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like yeah, he played a trick yeah. on me, man. Yeah. But, but you know, I, I did my time. Yeah, my dude, I, uh, one of my best good friends went went to dental school, and man. I heard I heard all kinds of good stories from him. I was jealous of him. Yeah. See. But, See, man. Yeah. And I, but I, I don't regret it though because being a bosun mate gave me a little more edge than I already had. Yeah. Yeah. Because I learned how to. I, it taught me how to work work hard. It taught me how to push the limit. Yeah. And it, and it taught me how to embrace embrace. Um, the atmosphere when I when I'm in, when I don't like it. Oh yeah, yeah. You, know, you can't quit. You can't quit. Oh, exactly. <laughs> Embrace the suck, as they say. You know. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know. So that was and that. Then, <laughs> and then during your time time in on your journey as a bosun mate and everything in the Navy, what were some of the? I mean, coming from like the South. And and your upbringing in the church and playing drums, what was some of the oddest things that you experienced then in the Navy? So I say this. My parents my parents had me young. And you know, in the South, you go to church because you know, when you're young, they make you go. They make yeah. you go to church. Mm -hmm. And then you grow up and you kinda you kinda don't lose touch of it because it becomes part of your values and tradition. Yeah. Um, but I had a good balance because my daddy cursed like a sailor, man. <laughs> you know, you he, he was, oh yeah, I was ready, and then my mama was a hard charger, like she didn't play no games. And so I I was prepared. Um, I think the odd the odd thing was uh the people. Some of the people, man. You you meet you meet some of the strangest people. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Like, and they have like how'd they get in? <laughs> man, you be like, what the hell? You know, <laughs> like people have like little habits and hobbies and stuff, and you be trying to figure you be like, what? You know, so that I think the people, some of the people were the odd that was the oddest situation. Some of the people I crossed paths with, you know. Yeah, yeah. And then uh where would you say was some of the one of the worst places you served at? So I, we did a Westpac because <laughs> I only did four years. Yeah, we did we did a Westpac, and we ended up in Bangladesh. Okay. Horrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we had sick from the the markets there and everything too, you know. And see, I didn't. I didn't get off the boat. Okay. They, had, they, we anchored out. We didn't. We didn't moor. We anchored out, and I think, I think I had duty that day, so I couldn't. No, 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 no. What happened was we anchored out, and we weren't there for long. So they ended up putting me on duty. They volunteered me, you know, yeah. and so. Um, we had the Liberty Liberty boat coming, and there was some boat from them. They was constantly pulling up, and you know they were back and forth, and they had some dinner with the officials from over there. It was some weird exchange, but the water, the, you know, the ocean over there is brown. The mosquitoes about this big, 
Then uh -huh. we all had, we had to get a shot before we went over there. And my this is mine right here. Hold on. You still got the scar, huh? Look, you see that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Trying to find yeah, the camera. Like the smallpox or something like that. You like a damn, like a damn chocolate tip on my arm, man. <laughs> yeah, man. And then uh, the worst thing was I was um. So the bar we had a bar an anchoring barge. Uh, to where we tie off it, we tied they boat off it, and I was getting the line from them, and I got hit in the face with the monkey fish, man. Oh no. It was it was an old fashioned monkey fish that they tied they sell. Pow! I was like, damn. And it was almost like they did on did it on purpose, man. I was heated. And then like that dirty water was on the monkey fish. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm living, man. Yeah, so that yeah. Yeah, Bangladesh was the worst. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. And then what was one of your one of your favorite places you got to serve at? Oh, I got a few, but I, I think I'm gonna say my favorite one was Israel. Oh, nice. We went to we went to Haifa, Haifa, Israel. Man, it was so beautiful over there. We went during Ramadan, so a lot of it was closed off. But it still, I still enjoyed it. It was beautiful, man. The people were beautiful. The you know the horizon, like the landscape and stuff, it was pretty. So I'd say oh, that was yeah. my favorite one. You got to you got to ride the camels and stuff. It was oh, a good yeah. time. Uh huh. See, I remember during my time, man, and, you know, I grew up in the church, too. I was raised Catholic. I was altar boy and all that stuff. So it's just like, you know, you kind of you're there because you have to be like you were saying. Right. You do, you do pick up, you know, the stories and the and the and the and the history and the spirituality. So it's like when you go to places that you read about in the Bible and stuff, man, it's just you feel different, man. It's like exactly. Different I remember we went through the Red Sea. We right. did too. <laughs> yeah, we went through the uh, Suez Canal from the Met. Mm -hmm. We, we did that. And and I was on an aircraft carrier at the time, man. So that was just like all you seen was like the sand. We were like barely getting. Yeah, it was crazy. Wow. Uh, yeah, because they carry pretty wide. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there was something that went down. We were on our way to like uh, I think uh, Spain or something for one of uh -huh. our uh, um, you know ports. And then all of a sudden, in the middle of the night, about face, they get a call. And this was around the time when, like, Bush got poisoned. Bush Sr. got poisoned, they said. You know, Clinton was president at the time. And uh, so we had to go enforce the no-fly zone over Iraq, you know. Wow. So they take us from, from the med, you know. And it cut cut short a lot of our port calls. I was, I was salty about that. But just going through that, though, you know, and then knowing the teachings and stuff that I knew growing up, it just felt different, man. Yeah, it's like a notch on your belt, too, because you, you sit here and you listen to these people talk about these places and they never been there. And yeah. then you go you go for yourself and <laughs> you come back home and you be like, man, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You it's <laughs> always been like one of my things too that I learned I learned early on is is it, during my time deployed that our our media is a bunch of crap. <laughs> Basically. Oh man. man. Exactly. I when I was in Kuwait, my last deployment. And you know, Kuwait wasn't like as as fiery as Iraq during the time or Afghanistan when I was uh -huh. over there. But there was some stuff going on. But you go to the Chow Hall, and then all they got on is CNN and all that stuff, and they're just like amping up the war machine and all this stuff. And you're like, what are they talking about, man? I'm over right. here. Like, Why am I the last to know that? It's bullcrap, you know. Full of, it. Full of it, yep. Yeah, but they they got want ratings to keep everybody scared over here, and then everybody got an opinion, like you said. And never been out of the their 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 you know city, you know. Right. Yeah, and, and and it's like you, and when you're trying to explain this stuff to people, it's, it's almost like you're like a lone wolf because oh, they yeah. they make it seem like you're crazy or you don't know what the hell you're talking about, and you're like, man, y'all <laughs> uh, full of it, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're just regurgitating a bunch of sound bites from from the news, man. Exactly, and all they want to do is keep you scared or confused. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Confused <laughs> and divided, man. And it's just yeah, like, you know, but, yeah. uh, well, well, speaking of which that kind of leads to my next question, what kind of pet peeve 
do you have with the civilians since transitioning out of the military? Oh, uh, how close-minded they could be about certain possibilities. Yeah. You know, uh, like being ready for certain things because, you know, I, I like to be... I like to be prepared for anything. Yeah. And it's like uh, a lot of stuff that's happening in other places, they think, it's like they think they don't, they can't happen over here. Sure. <laughs> Get ready, and, 2024, baby. <laughs> and I, you know, I ain't gonna lie. I've been having nightmares like crazy. I, I Sometimes I, I jump up out of my sleep and be like, man, is this it? Or, you know, I hear something and I be like, man, so you know, I, I like to be prepared. I still got like some, <laughs> I, st I still got some boots, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. and I keep them beside my bed and stuff like that. But yeah, I, that's the thing. Um, the naivety, because they it's, it's like they don't think they, it can happen over here. I just watched Red Dawn, oh, and yeah. I was like, <laughs> you know, so you know how I feel about it. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, man, dude, I've been exercising more in my. I'm I'm 50 years old now, and I've been like. I'm probably in better shape than I was when I was young and partying <laughs> and stuff because the past couple of years have just like made me like, you know, I, I ain't going out on my knees, you know? Right. Exactly. And, uh, and uh, yeah, it's like, I mean, they call, they, and then they, they mock us and laugh at us and whatever. Everybody here in Cleveland right now is all excited because the Browns are in the playoffs and been in the playoffs in such a long time. And I'm like, you know, I'm happy. I'm kind of excited, but at the same time, it's like I know what I know. I, I know mm -hmm. what you know that we're we're basically invaded right now. And and uh -huh. you know, you guys, yeah. you guys have your bread and circuses, man. I'm glad it makes you feel better. I hope it changes your life somehow for the better. Yeah. But there's shit down the pipe that's not gonna that's gonna change your life for the worse unless you get prepared, man. So. That's, that's my TED talk, you know. <laughs> right, that's my, my Alex Jones moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, especially like when I'm having too much fun, I kind of, I kind of have to pause in the moment, and be like, man, this is like the perfect time for something to happen. <laughs> I know, man. Which kind of sucks too, because at the same time, it's like I learned this during uh, my my personal thing for me during during COVID and the lockdowns and all that stuff is just like. I'm in recovery, you know, I've been sober now uh, 14 years and uh, I say the serenity prayer like often. And, yeah. and that, that's basically what I what I did during that time of uncertainty, you know, it's like, am yeah. I going to be allowed out? Am I going to be able to travel again? All my dreams of being retired from the Navy and living in an RV like Cousin Eddie from uh, National Lampoon's uh, Christmas Vacation and stuff. <laughs> I mean... Is that all out the window? But what what can I do about? It? What do I have control over right now? And I'm like, well, what I do have control over is my health and what I can do to improve, you know, my circle. Exactly. So I'm doing what I can. And then the other things, I'm not trying to let it ruin, you know, not trying to let my joy be stolen because like we were talking about earlier, it's like they want us all scared and divided, you know. But wow. uh I'm going I'm to lean on that faith that was given to me at a young age, you know? Absolutely. Enjoying the moment. Yep, yep. So, yeah, that's if, just my advice, man. Still enjoy yourself, man. Have a great time, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I do that for sure. And, yeah. and you know, even if, like I said, even if I don't like something, I find something I like about it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. It's just, you know, but I still keep my head on the swivel, though. You never know, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, so. that, that kind of, I mean, you keep leading me into my questions, kind of. So what is something that you will always carry with you from your time of service? Oh, definitely alertness, awareness, being aware yeah, of yeah. my surroundings and attention to detail. <laughs> Yep. Yep. Attention to detail. That's like that. I feel like that's the greatest thing they drilled in my head. Attention to detail because you pick up on little stuff, and sometimes they're warnings, and, yeah. and other people don't think none of it. But you be like, you be at the club, and you'll see something, and it'll be small, and you be like, "Well, it's time to go." Yeah. 
And they'd be like, what's, what you talking about? And next thing you know, it's people, psh, psh, it's a big fight or something. And they'd be like, how you know that was going to happen? I was like, man, you just got to pay attention. Yeah, the Navy issued me Spidey sense. You know? Yes, sir. <laughs> he <laughs> laughed. <laughs> that ain't no story. Yeah. And then uh, what? what's uh, one of the funniest stories you feel you could share from your time? In- oh, we. Oh. Uh, <laughs> okay, I'm I'm put myself, I'm exposed myself. So, <laughs> uh, I I was stationed in Washington State, and I used to. Uh, these was the MySpace days. Oh yeah, and uh, I used to get on there, and I would type in the the uh, the zip code uh, close to the base. Yeah, yeah, and I would uh, <laughs> I would type it in in the search part, and every girl I thought was pretty, I would I had this certain little prompt <laughs> that I had typed up, and I would yeah. copy and paste it. I would say, "Hey, uh, I'm new to the area. I'm in the military, and I need somebody to show me around <laughs> so I can know <laughs> where I'm going." And man, you know, like they say, if you throw a rock. Uh, in the midst of a hundred people, you gonna hit at least one person. <laughs> I hit a few. <laughs> yeah. And, and and the funny, and I'm leading into the funny story. So one time, uh, I got catfished. It was this girl. Yeah, it was just, she came pick me up from base. Her name was I won't say her name. Uh-huh. I almost said her name, but the name make it even funnier because. The name was funny as hell, but I'm not gonna say it. So, so I get picked up. I walk to the gate, and it's like this two door Honda, right? This small two door Honda, and it's a big ass dog in there. And so the dog was blocking her. I couldn't see her, and she she moved the dog out the way. And my this girl was hideous. Oh man, it was crazy, but you know me, I was bored. <laughs> so, so you know what I did? <laughs> I got in the car and we kicked it. I ended up having a good time, man. That was, <laughs> but uh, you know, we was we was out of the town, and I was kind of trying to like be extra distant because I ain't want nobody to see me with her. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's one of the funny ones. Man, that reminds me, I, I was down in, uh, stationed down in Virginia Beach area, and uh, me and my buddies used to go down to the beach to this one place called Bubba's, uh, and uh, it was, uh, I don't know, that's when I first started learning about hogging, you know? Uh. <laughs> and it got to the point, you know, in the Navy, it was just like, you know, for me, it was just like, yeah, they all weigh the same on their back, you know? So <laughs> I think but- I ended up going home with Bubba's sister. The one night, but then when she was get, give me a ride back to base, I had to uh, just drop me off at the gate, and then I did the the the, the shame walk of shame back to the Bears, you know. But see, what's crazy, and it is funny because I I actually like being women. Yeah, like I, I've always, you know, I've always had a thing for bigger women, but it's, it's some of them they 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 don't carry themselves well, oh, you yeah, know. Yeah. And it's just like, nah, they don't be a big don't automatically qualify. <laughs> you yeah, know, you yeah, gotta yeah. I, mean, I like thick and stuff, but I also like, you know, I mean, you gotta be, you know, pretty and maintain yourself a little bit. You Absolutely. Know? Absolutely. But it's like the day and age of, of uh internet dating, man. I've been learning the hard way because my daughters are finally like, you know, they're both in college now and they're like, Dad, you can start dating now, you know, and uh I gotta go. Good girl. Now I'm 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 happy about, but I started doing that internet dating, and it's just like, man, just uh, train wreck after like you were saying, catfish, man. It's just like yeah. filters and all that crap. It's just like, okay, you're you're posting you want an honest man, you know, to start a future with, and you're starting with a lie, you know, you're already <laughs> lying to me, you know. Yeah. So, and sometimes they'll be pretty, and you talk to them, and they don't know nothing. They dumb as hell. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That too. That happens too. So it's it's hit or miss, man. Yeah, it is what it is, man. It's yeah. a, once again, you know, the serenity prayer works and everything. 
<laughs> you got that right. <laughs> you got that one right, man. And, and then what would you say is like one of your greatest hopes uh, for the country that you've been willing to give your life for? Uh, hmm. That's a good question. Uh, <laughs> um... Space Force, <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be completely honest. Like, I, you know, I'm I, I I'm not one to say that the moon landing is fake or real. Yeah, but uh, I I think the Space Force is a good effort to discover more about what's outside of Earth. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I think this <laughs> a lot of things in the news lately. You know, it's funny when they they kept you know. Hot covering up all the years everybody be talking about UFOs and government's like, oh, weather balloons and all this. And now they finally start saying, yep, there's other, there's other things out there. And everybody's so distracted by everything else. They don't care. We're just so numb now. You right. Know? It's, it's yeah. quite, quite, quite a, quite yeah, a. It's, it's, it's mysterious, man. And then like, you know, you, you would hope that everybody would get on one accord and, be able to join hands and, you know, come by y'all and have one vision and make everything work and be be ready to defend each other. But that's a that's a far reach. That's yeah. a lot to ask for nowadays. It is, man. That's that's yeah. the sad part, man. It's just like yeah. the. I mean, I I believe we're already in the middle of World War Three, man, and people don't even know. <laughs> You know? Right, starting starting with the 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 disease. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. I, mean, I feel that, like this when they popped off. And and uh, I mean, being somebody in the in the recovery world, man, you know, you hear about the the fentanyl coming across the border too. It's just like they've been killing us off, you know. Right, killing us off left and right, man, without firing like a a, a shot, you know, like a, what what everybody thinks would be like. An attack. This is it. And, and here, here's an unpopular one for you. How, how they talk about how they talk about China and how you know we probably may be in cahoots with them. And then you got the you got the Timu popping off with all the with all the Chinese products <laughs> and people <laughs> order this shit by the boatloads. And it's like in the moment they can decide to temper this shit. Tap yeah. with this, <laughs> you know. I be thinking like that. I be like, oh. <laughs> you know. So, uh, oh, man, I yeah, I haven't yeah. explored that angle yet. But now you give me something else to, to look into. <laughs> oh man, my my brain is my brain can be my best friend and my worst enemy. Yeah, oh, mine too. Man. Yeah, now, now I'm, gonna ask, I'm gonna ask you a question, and I know that I know you got more questions to ask me, but I want to ask you this. Do do you still uh, have issues sleeping? Oh yeah, I got a CPAP machine and everything. You know, and see, I'm like, I, like I'm going scuba diving at night. <laughs> <laughs> right, and see, I got a. I, I think I'm gonna have to go get me one, man. Because yeah, yeah, the VA, the VA hooked me up with 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 one, so you know that's one yeah. plus, you know, from serving, you know. Right, right. Because I I yeah, just recently. Went. But like you said, too, even even with that on, sometimes if my brain's acting funny, you know. Oh, yeah, because sometimes you sleep too good and you get the lucid dreaming and shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I ended up yeah. getting a dog because uh, I used to, when I first got home from my last deployment, my girls were really little, man. Any little noise, like you said, I'd get up and be like checking windows and doors, mm -hmm. and, you know, like not being able to sleep, you know. And then... Yeah. Uh, finally got a dog and i was like all right you got the watch man i'm going to bed and if he starts barking, <laughs> then I know there's something to worry about you know exactly exactly yeah that's that's a smart move too <laughs> yeah. and then that kind of leads into my next question because of uh you know some of the, the the things that we picked up during our time of service that the average person doesn't aren't exposed to you know but what do you feel we can do to break the stigma of mental health and ptsd I say 
to talk to somebody that identifies with it, some to somebody that has it. Because yeah. I think I think I, I think the the most <clears throat> the most difficult thing about it is uh uh um well I'm blanking on small words, man. It's it's a trip. Uh, yeah, like a, finding an antidote for it, cause it's like it's not no right way to cure it. Yeah, yeah. But it's like we all we all can join forces and try to figure out what what helps, yeah. what helps to, to maintain, you know, to keep from letting it destruct us. Yeah, like I went you on know. my own kind of like journey, and then it was kind of like a journey of like, you know, outside the VA. You know, I've experienced more healing outside the VA through like uh, natural, uh, spiritual ways, you know? Absolutely. uh, You know, because originally it was just like, we're going to throw pills at you and you're going to do this. And then, but this pill is going to cause this side effect. So then you're going to need this pill, you know? And and Mm -hmm. it's just like, man, it just didn't work. And then I had to go on my own little journey, man, and address address the stuff and there's a uh, times that it was tough and then other times but you know i wouldn't trade it for anything now man because it's like like you said find somebody to talk to that that has experienced it and uh you know now i can use my story to try and help fellow veterans you know on their journey absolutely and then um let now getting back to uh the other side of things, like when you finished, wrapped up your time. I mean, during your time in, did you did you still stay connected to music a little bit? Did you ever get to play I mean, anything with some of the guys in the military? So, this is funny you asked it. Uh, so when I got to to Washington, because I sing also. Okay. When I got to Washington, the first thing I did was look for guitar center. All right, and I used to go there and just jam. I, I wasn't the I wasn't the best drummer. I'd never be the best drummer, but oh, I was I was still learning there, you know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, I used to go to guitar center, and people would hear me play. They were like, "Man, you sound good." And I'm like, "Oh, thank you," because I always felt like they was blowing smoke up my ass. <laughs> but you know, in my off time, I would go to guitar center, and uh, I'm, I met some rappers. <laughs> and I would I would sing for them like I was singing on some of their songs. They had like a makeshift studio in the living room, and they would ask me to sing. They were like, "Man, sing this!" And they would write out stuff, and I'd be singing it. <laughs> and we would perform like at local bars. It was pretty cool. Nice. So like when I had the chance, you know, I would do that. And sometimes I would have to miss shows because I had duty and <laughs> you know stuff like that. And yeah. see, I was on a frigate. We had like three duty sections. So, uh, you know, when I had duty, a lot of times I'd be in the Bosa locker with my practice pad and my sticks, you know, and I'd just pop the headphones in and, you know, play until, you know, we had to drill or I had to watch. Well, you know how duty days are. You had to go to training and stuff like this. So, but yeah, the practice pad was my best friend. So, this, yeah, I, I definitely stayed in touch with the music. While I was in with the practice pad, <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. And then, uh, so then you know your four years are up, and you you decide that you had enough. What uh, what was next for you? I had no idea. I had no clue. It was like the it's like the world got dark because <laughs> I was like, uh oh, you know, no more three hots in the cut. You got to figure this shit out. Yeah, and yeah. the world had changed so much by the time I got out, and I was, you know, you think you you think you help and you think you un- understand was the atmosphere, the community, and stuff. But it's, a lot has changed, and you yeah. spend more time on the ship than you do off the ship. And so I'm getting adapted to that, but I did end up using my GI Bill. But you know, I was reliving my college years, so. I ended up flunking out because <laughs> I weed had just became legal in Seattle. <laughs> so I'm going to school, but I'm high as hell. And time goes on. I'm in the cafe. I'm not. I'm skipping class. I'm meeting girls. I'm still doing music. And so, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's what that was. Nice. Um, and then, uh, 
when did uh like you really start like getting into playing uh like connecting with others and playing in bands um that happened when i i got out of school i so once i started flunking out i dropped out and i worked at walmart and i hated the job <laughs> I hated that fucking job. But I was like, oh, I play the drums. So I started, you know, trying to find out where the, you know, what where the happenings were. And so my pastime became me getting drunk and going to any karaoke. Anytime they had karaoke or going to any jam they had. And this became my life. And so I was just always trying to find a jam or something to go to. And that's when it happened. Like I jammed my way into a couple of bands. Nice, nice. Yeah. That was so, the, the Seattle scene. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so I was playing all types of music, like shit that I didn't even grow up listening to. It was like, like okay, it's time to doubt, you know. Yeah, were you in that? Because grunge was big in that area. Did you ever happen to play in any grunge type bands? Man, I so I jammed with some grunge guys. I, I couldn't do it. It was just too fucking loud. Yeah, <laughs> too yeah. loud. But that, that particular group of people I was playing, it was just, it was too, the guys were jamming, but it just wasn't my thing. Yeah. They, yeah. they, they type of music, because it was just like, it was, yeah, nah. <laughs> it's cool to listen to, though, but I just didn't enjoy playing it. Yeah, yeah, got ya. And yep. then, like, when we, you know, when I ended up meeting you at, uh, you know, uh, Danny Wimmer's Sonic Temple uh -huh. this past year, you had been out playing with Aaron Jones. How did uh, that connection come together for you? So, Aaron is a big name in Seattle, okay. especially, especially in the music community. But, you know, I didn't think none of it. I would, I would just go to jams and, you know, I, I never been the type to put anyone on a pedestal, you know. Yeah. It's just like either you can do it or you can't. <laughs> you know, and, um, I w it was just one jam I used to go to in Seattle, and he popped up one day, and he heard me play. This was back in 2013, 14, because I got out in 2012. So this was like a couple of years after that. Um, and he heard me play. So the lady that hosted the jam, he got in touch with her. And he asked her for my information, or he gave her, he gave her his information. Somehow we got in contact. It was one of them things. Yeah. And so this was at the time where I I was I had nothing. I was poor. I was homeless. <laughs> I was sleeping on a friend's floor, and he asked me to come audition for him. And the date he had, he asked me to audition. It was after my sister graduated high school, which was in Memphis. Okay. And so, so uh, what I did was they had, uh, you know how you get the <laughs> the offerings for credit cards. Yeah, yeah. And, and I had one in my email, and they was gonna give me a credit card with a two thousand dollar limit. And I, I applied for it, and I got it. Man, I took the credit card. I bought some. I bought some outfits to wear to the graduation. I bought a round trip ticket and I bought my sister gifts for graduation. I basically maxed it out. <laughs> I, I flew home, went to the graduation, act like everything was okay. I had to rush back. I didn't have I didn't have a drum set at the time, so I had to borrow a drum set. <laughs> I had to borrow cymbals, all that shit. And so I rushed to the audition. I was late to the audition. I was I was uh I had jet lag at the time, so I I was terrible. I was a terrible individual that day because I was late. You know, you you don't do the late shit. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, and I could have just given up and say I'm not gonna do it because I'm gonna be late and I have to pick up drums. I still went. I said I I know I'm late, but I'm still gonna audition. You know, so they respected it. And I played and I left and I was like, yeah, I feel like I did horribly, but I gave it everything I had. I was so fucking tired. <laughs> And they sent me the email a couple days later. They was like, oh, we sorry, man. We went up with another choice, but we appreciate your time. And da, da, da. 
And so I just kept, you know, kept going to the jams. And he had a show one day. He needed a drummer. He called me up. Because yeah. he remember, he said, I remember how you played. And so I played for him a few times after that. And then I would play in other bands. And th that's how I got connected with him. It's a whole long story, but that's, that's how I got connected with him. Nice, nice. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, you know, I got to experience you guys playing live. And, I mean, it's just, it was, it was, it was like, a, you know, like we were talking about, like, spiritual you know feelings and like you know like when you went to israel and stuff like that i'm not saying yeah, that you got yeah. you know but when i was watching you guys man it was it was a moment it was a moment in time and, and especially i mean i'm not just blowing smoke because you're you're here with me right. i think i told you after your set man it was just like you guys everybody was just it, it was like you guys are running a marathon everybody put in so much you know into that that show you own that stage and it's just yeah. like there was energy, and the, then the crowd got riled up and stuff. And then there you are, shirtless and and jamming, and you know, <laughs> it was like it was, dude, it was it was something else, man. So it was like it was quite, uh, quite an experience and quite a fit, man. So how did you end up? How did it come back around where, you know, you got to go on the the tours and do the festivals and stuff with them? So, man, this this. <laughs> So I moved back to Memphis, right? Because my grandmother, my father's mother was sick. Moved back to Memphis. Uh, you know, me and my father, we, my father's a drummer. Yeah. We started, we got, we got reacquainted because we kind of, we was kind of button heads at that time. Um, but we started, you know, getting tight. Uh, I began. I worked for the Army Corps of Engineers. Okay. I was a deckhand, and I would be at work. And it was it's funny because my father and Aaron, they would call me while I was at work. They didn't give a you know when you work in them kind of jobs, you can't be on your phone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my new guys would call my daddy. Aaron would call me at work. My daddy would randomly call me and check on me. And Aaron would call me because he had just got signed and he he wanted me to come on board. And so I was like, man, I got this good job. I don't think it's, I don't know, man. I don't know if I could jump and do that. You know, he was like, man, we, we want to get you up here. Just let me know, man. We'll figure it out. And I'm like, okay. So I'm working this dope job because I'm making more money than I ever made in my life. Even though I really didn't like the job, I I worked it. And I figured it. I figured out a way to like it, which was the money. <laughs> yeah. Um, fast forward. Um, my father. I lost my father. Uh, October two thousand nine, nineteen. Uh, I lost <laughs> my father, but before he died, we had a conversation because he knew he was finna die. Yeah. And before he passed, you know, he told me. He said, "Man, you got a gift." He said, and your gift will make room for you. He said, your plan is going to take you way further than it took me. Mm. You know, and you know, here's some some beats I had made, and he didn't know I made them. He was like, who made, who is this? You know, and I was like, that was me. And he was like, man, that's what you need to be doing. He said, you got to live for yourself, man, because he's like, you're trying to impress somebody else. Mm. Cause I was working on the river. He, you know, I ain't want to do that shit. He, he knew I wanted to be in the music. Yeah. And he said, "Man, you gotta live for yourself." He said, "You got it's your life. You get one. Do what you want to do." And so, you know, I'm sitting. I'm like, "Yeah, I understand it, but I'm trying to figure out why the fuck he's telling me this shit." <laughs> and so, you know, he he had a stroke. He ended up in the hospital. And they had him on the, the ventilator. So he he was nonverbal, but he was able to move and. I just kind of talked to him because I knew he could hear me. And so I, I made a promise to him, you know, on his deathbed. And I said, man, you know what? I'm a, No matter what it takes, I'm going to fulfill the promise. You know, I'm going to stick to it and let it take me as far as I can go. And so I resigned from my job and I started playing country music. I started this, this country band needed me. So I started playing with them guys. 
And I was playing, I ended up playing in two different country bands. I was in Florida and Aaron called me. This was like a couple of years. This was like uh, almost a, a half a year later. He called me when I was in Florida and he was like, man, you ready? And I'm like, ready for what? He was like, man, I, I want to start rehearsing because we're going to start touring. And um, the, the group of guys I was playing with, so dope. I had so much fun with them. I, I hated to leave them. And I, I had to tell them, I said, man, I got this big opportunity and I don't want to pass it up. And I said, I just want to make sure that you cool with me taking on, you know, I, I gave him a chance to have a say. Yeah, yeah. And he said, man, we're cool with it, man. If it's going to elevate you, we, we down with you. We got to have your back 100%. So yeah. so I got that blessing, you know, and I flew. To, he flew me to Seattle and we rehearsed for five days straight. Nice. We rehearsed for five days and we, I think the rehearsals lasted like five hours, man. Wow. We were, I'm talking about, we drilled that music. And after that, we hit the road. And it was like we was on the road for like two years straight. <laughs> and that's this what this what it turned into. So my, my father was a prophet in a sense. Oh yeah, yeah. Cause that was the that was like some of the biggest shit I ever done. And it was like he knew he saw it coming. Yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. awesome that you know he wanted you to pursue your dream. Cause I'm sure that was a dream of his at one point too, and he didn't yeah. get to. It. So you always want what's but you want your kids to do better than you, you know. Absolutely, uh, absolutely. That, that that's huge to have that that encouragement, and then, uh, you know, I think I read something too. You guys ended up like I think opening for the Rolling Stones at some point too. Oh wow, yeah, we did that twice. Yeah, we did. It. Yeah, we we opened for them once in Detroit. <laughs> And then we opened we opened up for him again in Paris. Oh my God! Yep. So, yeah. So it's like you talk about going off and doing bigger things, man. I mean, yeah. that's one of the biggest, I would say, right there. Unless there's that something else was, I didn't read yet. <laughs> I couldn't believe it, man. That shit was crazy. And then uh, we opened for Deep Purple. Oh, nice. Yeah, we opened for Deep Purple in Cleveland, France. That was a hell of a time in the Coliseum. You know, like the Coliseums from back in the day where they yeah. used to fight the lions and shit. Yeah, yeah. man. It was so dope. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, uh, how did those, like, come together for you? Like, did somebody from, like, the Stones or something, like, request you? Or is it just, like, a was that a management type thing? Just threw you on or? I think it was a little bit of both. I don't I don't know the, the inner workings of it because there's some label shit. And, you know, I was just playing for the artists. I, we weren't signed. Yeah. We, we just, you know, hired guns. But I'll tell you this. So a lot of people don't know that the reason why we know who Living Color is, you know who Living Color is, right? Oh, yeah, the, yeah, the, right yeah. the reason why we know who they are because of Mick Jagger. Oh, yeah? Mick, Mick Jagger his way to pay homage to all the music that he was influenced by, which were black artists, you know, Lightning Hopkins and, you know, Muddy Waters and all them guys. They, those were his influences. So his way to pay homage to the music that influenced him was to give the spotlight to a black band. And so he got Living Color to open for him, for the Rolling Stones on the tour back in the day. And that's the reason why we know who they are now because Mick Jagger passed the torch. Now, I think, uh, and me personally, this is just my opinion though, I feel like what he did for Living Color, he was doing it for us. Well, for Aaron, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's, that's my take on it. I could be wrong, but that's how I look at it. You know no, what I mean? It, uh, yeah, it sounds sounds legit, man. And it's like, uh, that's pretty sweet. Did you guys get a chance to like, you know, meet meet any of them during that time, or is it like kind of like, you know? So the, the first go round, we we got to meet Mick. Okay, cool. We got to meet Mick and uh, uh, Jordan, the drummer. Yeah, Steve Jordan. We ha we have a mutual friend. Oh, nice. Yeah. So 
uh, I was able to meet him and chop it up with him for a second. Now, I tell you, it's, it comes back full circle because the mutual friend uh, me and Steve Jordan have is the guy that taught my father how to play the drum set. Wow. Wow. That yep. is dude. Oh, yep. man. Yep. That, that is awesome, dude. That, yep. You know? Got name, named D-Rock out of, um, got named D-Rock. He lives in Nashville now, but he he's, he's from Memphis. He's a hell of a drummer. And him him and my father um, marched in middle school together, in junior high. They wow. they played in the marching band, and my father didn't play the drum set at the time. And D-Rock, you know, took my father under his wing and taught him how to play the drum set. Dude, that's that's incredible, man. You know, going back yeah. to your dad giving you the blessing and encouragement to go out there, and you know he's still yeah. part. Of it. It, that's just yeah. like the reminder, like I'm I'm here with you, son, and I'm I'm proud of you. You know. Yeah, yeah, and it, it, it was just like it, it, I couldn't. I it was I was amazed, like by the because it took me a while to to take all that in and realize the realization of it. Yeah. And I was like, damn, this man still, you know, making making ways for me, you know. So yeah, this full circle, man. Full circle moment. Nice. Yeah. And then what you know, what's been uh, you know, what what do you uh currently got on your plate? What have you been working on? So obviously I I'm no longer in Aaron's band for whatever reason. I'm you know, I have nothing bad to say about nothing. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to leave it there. Um, currently playing for this guy named Denver Massey. It's country music. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, what's dope about this guy is, for one, he, he's talented. This first. He's, he's talented. Um, second thing is, he has one hand. Wow. He got one hand and he plays the guitar. Wow. Yep, he got a he got a nail man. He he played he played the shit out the guitar. And and I'm doing it now. We're doing the, we do the tin roof circuit. So you ever you know I know you heard of the tin roof bars. Uh yeah, that's like what mostly down there in in the Tennessee area or. Uh, we're in the south because uh, we we go to we go to Florida. We we play in Fort Lauderdale, uh, Delray, Florida. Um, they have one in Cincinnati. Oh, okay. Uh huh. Uh, Chicago, Detroit, um, Memphis, yeah, obviously. The one in Cincinnati. You let me know in advance, man. That's three hours from here, but I'd make the drive. I sure will. I let you know, man. Uh, it's it's a good time. Yep, and it's it's country music. We. I'm actually, uh, we got a show tomorrow uh, at 10 Roof on Beale Street. So, yeah. Uh, nice. That's, that's what I'm doing now, and I'm trying to get in, the, um, get in the motion of making my own, creating my own music, trying to put myself out there as well. So Yeah, yeah, the beats that your dad heard, man. You got to keep that going too, you know? I know, I know, man. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm rebuilding again. It's like I'm starting over again. It's like, a, a, the, the, the bottom of the steps of the next level. Because that's that's how I look at life. It's like, you know, we have these different levels, so we have to take steps to get to the top. Yeah. And once we get to the top, we end up at the bottom of a new set of stairs. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. Because we always trying to get to the ceiling. But it's all about but taking I, I that step. You know, and I don't want to never get to the ceiling. I'm reaching for the moon, man. Yeah, yeah, space force, baby. <laughs> yes, sir. <It's> space force. <laughs> space force. Yeah. Before I forget, too, my daughter texted me. She wanted to make sure that I told you hello for her. You remember? Oh, her yeah, tell us what was yeah, yeah, celestial. Um, Yo, how, how is she? She's doing good. She's doing good, man. She's working at this uh, Alfa Romeo car dealership, so she gets to drive all the fancy cars to the, the rich people's houses and everything, man. She's loving Thank it. Thank you. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Plus she's college and everything. So she okay. actually, her birthday's coming up, New Year's Eve. So, you know. Oh, which yeah. y'all going to do something big? A big weekend for her. Yeah, she usually, uh, her mom usually takes her down to like some fancy hotel and they spend the night there. and. 
you know, this stuff. So, yeah, this me, I, I, be good. yeah, me, I bought her a bunch of stuff for her, her jujitsu and uh, boxing stuff that she does on the side too. So, you know, okay, that's the stuff I encourage. So I, you know, like we were talking earlier, one less person I have to worry as much about they can handle their own stuff you know exactly exactly and see this and it's funny you say that because I have I got three sisters yeah and I think about them all the time sometimes I worry because I'm like I hope they okay you know but my 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 younger sister she's she's the tough cookie you know she she carries <laughs> she uh she's a black belt oh nice Oh yeah, she she a bad mama Java. Nice, nice. <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, uh, before we, we've been on for about an hour, man. Before we get ready and wrap up, I want to ask you a couple of questions I I normally ask uh, guests. Okay. I have. Um, who are um three people who have inspired you and you can credit for making you the person you are today? My grandfather. Eugene Wilson, my my father, and Mike Tyson. Nice, nice. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, we were talking a lot about you know, uh, you know, people being aware of, of uh, you know, kind of more more uh, taking taking more of a personal interest in things going on in our communities and stuff today. Uh -huh. um, but uh, what would you say, what class do you feel should be mandatory before graduating high school today? Uh, banking, accounting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was, that one's huge, man. Either that, money and taxes is what I get most of the time. Yeah, because no matter how much you know about it, it's always something you don't know about. It. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it, it yeah. don't seem like to be the focus in, in school either, you know? Nah. You memorize stuff and push a button, you know? They they creating employees, man. They're not creating entrepreneurs. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And then uh what would you uh say is uh was your favorite toy as a child? I had a guitar. I had a black guitar with buttons. It didn't have strings, it had buttons. And then they had knobs at the bottom. You could control like the different. They had different guitar riffs on each button, and they had knobs at the bottom where you could control the volume and the tempo. Oh, nice! <laughs> and I, I never I forget. Uh, yeah, I, I, my memory's like I got a memory of an elephant. I remember mm -hmm. certain things real well, and I remember the third button. It was like this blues riff, and I used to cut the tempo all the way down, and it go. Doom, 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 doom. Yeah, that was my favorite toy. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. And then, uh, any message you have for our military brothers and sisters currently serving overseas? Stay in the fight. <laughs> whether whether it's whether it's a fight for your life, uh, a fight to keep your family together. Mm. Or fight for your sanity. Don't stop fighting. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I, I'm Bobby, man. It was a good getting to have this conversation with you, man, and, and catching Absolutely. up. Absolutely. Yeah, I got your number now and stuff. So we'll stay in touch, man. I'll send you some. Uh, I'll send you some stuff. You know uh, that uh, you can relate to what we've been talking about during this conversation. Sure. And yeah, definitely keep me in the loop if you guys happen to come to Cincinnati, man. You got some. That's I'll, I'll I'll set something up to make sure we get to connect again, man. But Heck uh, yeah. always always a pleasure talking with you, man. I'm glad uh, glad we we met and became friends, and um, good to have you on today, man. Before I let you go, um, real quick, two things: if uh, people are want to support you and your musical. Uh, if you know what you got have going on and and just what you what what you're up to and what projects you're working on where would you send them um right now i'm working on a lot of stuff so it's like you can't really see it but if you want to keep in touch or you want to be nosy and see what i'm doing that's cool too because i'm an open book you you can find follow me on instagram uh big sexy drums <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> 
Um, or you can find me on Facebook, uh, Bobby Jimmy, B O B B Y J I M M I. Nice, nice. Yep. And then, uh, before I let you go, too, would you mind cutting a promo ID for the show? Usually, what I do with the with the with the Navy veteran or the military uh, veterans is just you know kind of have them introduce themselves as what branch they served in, and uh, you know you're listening to today's Boondoggle. Uh, this is Bobby Jimmy. Uh, I'm a Navy veteran and a lifetime jackass. <laughs> uh, you should tune in to Boondoggle. Awesome. Bobby, man, good talking with you, man. Thanks so much for your time. It was good catching up, man. You too, man. I really appreciate it, man. All right. You take care. You too, man. Bye-bye. Later.